From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663, or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. This is part two in our series, Walking Our Faith, Beliefs About Spiritual Intimacy. And as we start today's show, listen to this quote attributed to Anonymous that says, one difficult conversation is better than a bunch of conversations that avoid the truth. Mm -hmm. And nowhere is that more applicable than when you're talking about your beliefs. It's having those difficult conversations so that you can actually get to the truth of mm -hmm. what the two of you believe in and what that looks like for your marriage. And, yeah. you know, we start each and every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And a hug's an opportunity for you to hear from someone in the one family whose marriage has experienced transformation. They've had breakthrough in their relationship. And this week's hug is brought to you by the Position of the Month Club. And we're going to be sharing more about how this club is transforming marriages a little bit later in the show. Mm -hmm. The hug actually comes from... From one of our summit partners in the position of the month club and she said since finding you two my faith has deepened in ways that i would never have anticipated hmm. i remember listening early on about how you came up with the name one listening to you talk about scripture made me read the song of solomon and i was hooked even if my husband doesn't connect in the same way, my relationship with God has strengthened our marriage in significant ways love it everyone in the one family is part of that faith journey it's a ministry. Love it. So yeah. good. Absolutely. And, you know, talking about walking our faith, you know, last week we, we did the show getting started and that was about our journey and what our journey has looked like this journey of faith that we've been on since we've been married. And, and today we're talking about beliefs around spiritual intimacy mm -hmm. and some of the struggles that they've caused in our own marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there are, to be really honest, there are so many beliefs out there that we know have impacted your marriages. I mean, we could probably, you know, talk for the next year on beliefs about spiritual intimacy. And so today we're going to different. Yeah. In different ways you would see that, play out mm -hmm. in your life, in your spouse's life, and in your marriage. And, and because, you know, we have 30 minutes here, give or take, you know, we're not going to go into all of them, mm -hmm. right? You know, condensed for the sake of, you know, your commute or your walk or your run. But we do need to address these because when, when the two of you have your own beliefs, right? And, and it doesn't matter where you've been on your faith journey or what it's been, those beliefs can cause tension, in the marriage. We've experienced it ourselves. And, oh, yes. And there's a really simple reason why they cause tension. And that's because, in case you haven't noticed, you and your spouse are not the exact same person, right? You you see the world differently. You experience the world differently. You can be in the exact same situation, right? Listening to the same information, walk out of a room or out of a theater, or out of a show, or wherever it is, or even just get up from your couch if you're watching something on TV and start talking about that and think, was this person listening to the same thing that I was listening to? Because their take on it is so different, their perspective on it. And that's the way you were made. And it's actually a gift to your marriage that you have these beliefs that can create those, those challenging and difficult conversations because that's where you grow. Mm -hmm. that, that's where you, you get in the stretch. Mm -hmm. Right. And we all know it's like stretching before exercise, 
right? You, you do that because what's on the other side of that stretch is breakthrough, That's right. is, is new development, is, is new ways of thinking, and it's actually new connection. And that's why looking at these beliefs around spiritual intimacy, it's been a game changer for Tony and I. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to say real quick here at the onset of the show, you know, if your spouse has different beliefs than you, they're not wrong. Can, can we get into this place where it, it's uh, you know, we're operating out of a place of, well, if I'm right, then you have to be wrong or vice versa. If you're right, then I have to be wrong. Can we, can we look at marriage? Can we look at these discussions around beliefs and say, I'm going to actually seek to understand where you're coming from. I, I want to know you better. I don't want to shut you down with being like, well, that's stupid or you're wrong. Or I can't believe you would even think that because if our goal Guys, if our goal is to have extraordinary marriages, we actually have to invite the other person into the conversation with us. And, and that's especially critical around this idea of spiritual intimacy. And I just want to say one thing, just like in any area of our marriage, and Elise and I have shared this many a times over the years, coaching is always a good place to go, to have somebody step in and help you. In our spiritual intimacy, just like if you're having a difficult time with your emotional intimacy, your financial intimacy, or your sexual intimacy, Elisa has had many a people come for those reasons. And she's also had couples come because of spiritual intimacy. So don't think just because you have different views, or maybe maybe you're actually at the point right now, though, that you are really butting heads mm-hmm. around certain areas and beliefs in your spiritual intimacy. Get somebody else in there. Get somebody else in there to help see, help you guys see what's going on. And if you want to learn more about coaching for spiritual intimacy, financial intimacy, sexual intimacy, whatever area you may be having an issue with in your marriage right now, go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash coaching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's true. There can be such tension in marriage because I'll tell you, there have been times when Tony and I have sat through the exact same sermon, like literally sitting, you know, chairs side by side. So distance of about three inches. And we'll walk out of church, mm-hmm. get in the car, start having a conversation. And I, I honestly, I'm like, were we in the same place? Because he may be super gung-ho and be like, that was amazing. Like, I felt like it was speaking just to me. And he's all like, Ba-da-da-da-da-da. and I'm like, yeah, you know, that was good. And then I will get frustrated. And I've been there. I'm like, what, what do you mean? Like, did it, didn't you hear what our pastor was saying. Didn't, didn't you hear this and this? And I will be frustrated that she didn't hear exactly what I heard. Mm-hmm. Or, or times when, you know, there have been challenges about, you know, praying together and what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and I'm like, you know, I'll say we need to do, well, actually Tony, you know, and you guys have heard the story the first time he ever said we need to start praying together. And I just laughed. I'm like, that's the, and and it wasn't like I was thinking in my head, that's the funniest thing. It was just this reaction of what is that going to look like? Cause it feels really uncomfortable or, you know, we've had, we've had challenges over the years with giving and with serving. And that really like those ones that we just mentioned there, those are the big ones that we hear all the time. And that we've experienced ourselves, you know, number one, what does it look like for a couple to pray together? Mm-hmm. I can't tell you for probably the first 15 years of our marriage, give or take, how many times we'd be listening to a sermon or, or you know, at a marriage retreat or something like that. And, and the teaching would be husbands and wives. It was almost like this decree, almost like the Ten Commandments, right? Like the 11th commandment. 
husbands and wives, you need to pray together. Mm -hmm. And so, and I just want to share this because we, we shared our story of how we came to faith and we've been at many a different churches from massive, massive mega churches with, we're talking about congregations, the size of 15 plus thousand to, um, starter churches, mm-hmm. like church plants, church plants, where you're, you're in a school gymnasium with 30, 40, 50 other people. So we've seen it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and into where we are now at C3 San Diego with a church that we love completely. The people th- who are there are our lead pastors in the growth and prayer for the, for the early years of our faith walk wasn't, it wasn't shown. It, there, there was no real it, tangible, like this is how we pray. And so when a message would come out and the pastor would say something to the extent of what Elisa said, like, Hey, couples, you need to pray together. There was nothing that I could see. And I'm a visual person in this way. There was nothing I could see that taught me how to pray as a man, as a husband. And so many of those times I felt inadequate. Mm-hmm. I, I felt lesson. And so for them to share that, made me really recoil. And it wasn't until we stepped into C3 San Diego that I saw prayer actually being acted out and shown and taught. And that's where I began to get and gain courage to pray just corporately, individually, as a couple, but I saw it. And so that really helped me in my belief of the power of prayer. Absolutely. And, and, you know, prayer is, and we've shared this on different shows before, prayer is one of the most intimate acts that a couple can do together. Mm-hmm. A, to some extent, it's actually, I think, can be more intimate than the act of sexual intercourse. And how so? Because a lot of times we can detach our minds. And we've talked about this, you know, like when we did the mm-hmm. show Chatter in My Head and things like We can detach and not be fully present during sexual intimacy. During sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. When you are listening to someone else pray the burdens that they're carrying, mm-hmm. when you listen to, to someone pray through their vulnerabilities and the struggles that they're having and you hear all of this, there is an, an emotional depth to that, literally like windows into someone's soul. Mm-hmm. And also I would even say the prayers of declaration, mm-hmm. where we're going, what breakthroughs are we are we fighting for instead of prayers of just like, Oh, always me, Mm -hmm. but prayers of like, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm breaking off of me. This is where I want to see us be. Absolutely. And so, so it's, it's intimate. It feels, I mean, part of what we struggled with in the early years of learning, even how to pray together and going to that is that it feels really awkward and uncomfortable because I was raised in, in a faith tradition that didn't really pray out loud except for like, you know, dear Jesus, thank you for this food mm-hmm. or, or the, our father, the hail Marys or things like that. Like it was just, you know, the rote prayers mm-hmm. that everybody kind of had memorized. And so there wasn't this, there wasn't this understanding of what does it look like to actually open my mouth, not just pray inside my head, but to open my mouth and to be in this place where I would speak my prayers, speak that conversation with God out loud in front of Tony. And here's the thing that I think um, Elise and I are learning more as we become in a more alignment 
around the belief of praying together is that it's not about us. It's not about what words I'm speaking or what words she's speaking at those moments. It's being in alignment with our Heavenly Father and allowing His Holy Spirit to shake and move something in us and in our marriage. And so when we get into that place, because early on, it was only about me. What are my words? What am I saying? Am I saying them properly? Am I saying it eloquently? Am I, you know, is it thy or thine or all of that sort of stuff? Like I would get caught up in my head. And as I've grown in my prayer, in my prayer muscle, I believe it's just hearing from God and speaking what he's saying. Mm. Does it have to be long for us? No, it can be short, it can be quick, it can be, you know, boom, in, out, we're done. There isn't a time constraint. There is no, we used to have this belief that uh, 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 the proper prayer had to be done this way and it had to be this long and, and these words had to be used and, and we've together have come to realize that it doesn't matter. It's that connection to our Heavenly Father and if our Heavenly Father gives us the word to speak, then speak it. Mm-hmm. Speak it powerfully and let's roll. Absolutely. And, and, you know, prayer as a couple is going to look different. You know, for some of you, you may have heard, oh, you need to get up and do a devotional every morning. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work in our marriage because of the fact that I'm the early bird. Tony likes to, about an hour, extra hour's worth of sleep. Yep. And Tony wants to start his day with worship. I want to start my day with reading the Bible. So what that looks like together is that, you know, some of you may be like, well, that's a total mismatch. Right. So we don't do it first thing in the morning together. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we don't pray together. Doesn't mean we don't find a devotional. But here's the thing. Praying together is just like, and I'm going to go there. It's just like creating your own intimacy lifestyle. Yeah. Right. If you can figure out how to do it with sex, you can figure out how to do it with your spiritual intimacy, which means that you need to craft each one of these to fit your marriage uniquely. You can almost use the intimacy lifestyle. That, that That's brilliant. It's brilliant. I mean, we, we, we could have the, the spiritual intimacy lifestyle where you set up just like an intimacy lifestyle. How many times a week do we want to pray together? We have to have that conversation because is it every day? Is it every other day? Is it three times a week? What, what is it for us? And what works for you is going to be different for us or somebody else. And then it's all right. When, when are we doing that? What's the time frame? Let's, let's set it up. So we have success. And we're both on the same page and there isn't this ESP going on. Well, he knows that I, I want us to pray together. He knows I want us to lead him in prayer. Who wants a, wants him to lead us in prayer, but he's not doing it. Does he know? Does she know? Have you discussed it? So let, let, let's rip off the bandaid on prayer life and make it happen together. Absolutely. Another area. And I, I like, just as you said that mm-hmm. you can even tie that into who's leading and who's initiating, right? Take turns mm-hmm. because you may choose to pray differently. Again, not right or wrong, just different. And your marriage needs both of you taking the lead because you have strengths that the other person doesn't have. Yeah. Second area that, that was, has been a belief struggle for us over the years is all wrapped around this idea of serving. Yeah. In, in a church, what does that look like? That we have been in churches where, you know, like Tony said, we've been in church plants where, you know, it's literally all hands on deck every Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're setting up chairs, you're setting up, you know, all the musician stands, you're setting up screens, you're, you're setting up everything. everything. And we've been in churches where literally 
just because of the season that we were in, we were pulling into the parking lot, attending service and pulling back out. Zero serving. Mm-hmm. And now we, we've gotten planted, like Tony said, at C3, where we're, we're so plugged into this church community that we actually serve in a rather high capacity to the point where our kids have asked us, they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you actually serve probably almost as much as you work. I wouldn't say that, but they, they, well, they that's the kids perception. Th- th- that's their perception. That's their perception. And we said, absolutely. But that has been a process. And there have been a lot of conversations that Tony and I have had to have around this idea of serving. And what does it mean to serve? Well, and for, wh- okay, sorry. No, oh, uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was just going to say, though, for, for me, for the longest time, and I think for both of us, was that, hey, I, I go in there. It's all, again, it's all about me. Mm-hmm. What, what are you giving me? And I, I think we were, Elisa and I have, so for, for, for many of you, you may not have the same walk as we have. Elisa and I, when it comes to our spiritual intimacy, have for the most part been about the same place at times. There, there have been times when maybe I was, you know, four or five steps back and she was ahead or vice versa. You know, she was four or five steps back and, and I was ahead, but we didn't have like these, these big, like I'm on the 30th floor and she's on the first floor. We just haven't. And when it came to serving, I think this was one of those areas where we both felt like we could do this and yet we weren't making that move. Mm-hmm. We, we just didn't make that jump. It was always about us until we got to this place where we realized that our lives were so limited because we wouldn't take a step of faith. We weren't willing to go somewhere where we, we may be told that, Hey, you, you need to do something a little differently. Mm-hmm. Like that's not the way to do that here. Or, you know, how, how this works and operates is this, is this way. And, and I think a lot of it was fear, fear of being told like by an authority figure that we weren't good enough. And I, I will say my life has changed drastically when we stepped up and I stepped up into serving mm-hmm. because I truly believe there are people who are hurting and need to be served. And I'm not one of those right now. I'm, I'm healthy. And I had to get healthy too. And I think through serving, I got healthy because I was around community that loved me and was willing to go, hey, Tony, it's all right. Come on. Just keep, keep going. Keep plugging away. Well, and I think a lot of people, and I know this was a struggle for us too in a season in our marriage where serving was like one more thing. I was like, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time to serve, right? I'm so, you know, the, I'm so busy. And the reality is, and I shared this with, uh, with some folks a few weeks ago, just in conversation is that, you know what, serving because it's for other people, right? Serving comes out of this place of doing for others, just like in our marriage serving that, that there's actually an expansion of time. Mm-hmm. You know, as we've stepped up into serving in greater and greater capacities, I found that I'm not more stressed I actually am less stressed because it, it's this weird like time warp thing where there's more time to get done because I'm pouring into other people. Right? Yeah. And so it's this weird, this weird experience, but it's choosing just like we do in marriage and just like we've, we've shared over the years in marriage to, to make it not be about you, but to make it about other people. And, and that's a, that's a belief shift. And something you can do together. I think one of the first places we began to serve uh, at C3, now we don't have this anymore, but we it was called our Welcome to Church Party. 
and it was after our 12 o'clock services. And that was a place that we got to serve together and we just did something together and it was fun and we learned about each other. And, and you know what? There are a lot of dynamics that happen, a lot of conversations that go on in those situations when you're, when you're put in a place where you feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and maybe one of you feels uncomfortable and your spouse is all in something happens and those conversations grow your emotional intimacy grows. And Elisa and I have had this a lot over the last four and a half years of just those conversations of what does it look like to serve? And there are times when we've had to pull back. Mm-hmm. And when my dad passed away, we were serving, uh, and I don't even remember the team it was on. And yet it was that time where I just knew I was like, I don't have it in me. I just don't have it in me. And, and taking that step back was okay. And I think that's part of serving as well as knowing that, Hey, if you're overloaded and your, your marriage is, is being compromised because of it, maybe you're a people pleaser and you, you, you just want to make sure that everybody is, is pleased. And, and yet your, your marriage is, is struggling. This may be a place where that conversation comes up of like, maybe it's time to take a step away for mm-hmm. a little bit because you need to focus in on your marriage. You need to serve one another. Well, I think, there's no greater truth than that is, you know, what does it look like to have your marriage first and foremost? Because at the end of the day, when your marriage is healthy, mm-hmm. then you, you operate out of abundance in every other area of your life. And so that's always got to be first and foremost. And, you know, the last area that we need to address is, you know, the one that, that really becomes a sticking point for a lot of couples and that's giving or tithing or offerings. It's the money part. And, and we're going to tackle that after we thank this week's sponsor, which is the position of the month club and the position of the month club is the number one community for couples who want better sex in and out of the bedroom. It's a community of folks who uplift and encourage each other, who are willing to be vulnerable and take off the masks about all areas of their marriage in order to strengthen their connection and their relationship. And we are seeing, you know, so many transformational stories coming out of the position of the month club, specifically the summit partners who have their own private Facebook group. Mm -hmm. But these are folks that are, you know, they're traveling to go see one another. The one family isn't just, you know, operating in their cities. They're getting together. They're talking about doing birthdays together. They're, they're visiting each other when they go to different cities, they're doing life together. And it's amazing because when you find a community of people who are as excited about marriage as you are, you realize, you're not doing this marriage thing by yourself and and it gives you renewed excitement and renewed energy for your marriage. So don't just take our word for it. Find out for yourself how the position of the month club can transform your marriage. Check it out at positionofthemonthclub.com. It's more than just a new position each month. It's the resources and community that matter. So join now at positionofthemonthclub.com. So I said just a few minutes ago, we're going to, we're going to talk about that one, that one sticky point here at the end, the end of the show. And that's the money part, Mm -hmm. right? There are a lot of beliefs that the two of you may have around giving or tithing, Mm -hmm. right? It it may be those statements that pop in your head is, you know, why is the church asking for my money? Right. This been there. Yeah. We've said it. Well, I don't, I, you know, I I already give to, you know, these different charitable organizations. Why do I need to do this? Mm -hmm. Why is it that they're only asking me for money when, you know, they want to build a new building? Mm-hmm. Why is it only brought up once a year? These are all things. I mean, those statements, those are all things that we've said. We, we've said them in our marriage. We, we've been in churches where money only gets talked about once a year around the building campaign or the, the capital campaign or whatever they're calling it. 
Mm-hmm. And, and money, it was kind of, you know, we talked about the intimacy lifestyle earlier in the show about making, you know, a spiritual intimacy lifestyle. Well, the, the money conversations in and around church often felt like, you know, if I could liken it to a sexless marriage, right? Like it only happens like once in a blue moon. And so it feels really awkward and uncomfortable. And you're like, oh, why are they talking about money now? And, and, you know, people would miss the whole month. You know, typically it's in the month of May. People would like stop coming to church in the month of May because they didn't want to hear the sermons around money. Right. And, and I realized that, you know, being in a church that does talk about money. Every week. Every week. Guys, every week there is a tithe message. It, it broke down the uncomfortability just like it does when we talk about sex on a regular basis. Because you really start to understand what does it look like when, when, when we can talk about money and tie it into our spiritual intimacy. Mm-hmm. And this has, been, this has been a journey for the two of us. There have been times when, when we've been in churches and we're like, yeah, um, you know what? We're just going to donate to a charitable organization outside the church. There have been times when we're like, you know what? We're just not like, like kind of cranky pants. We're just not going to do this. Yeah, we're just not tithing. We don't understand it. There, I, I don't see what the purpose is. Mm-hmm. You know, I, again, a lot of this was over the years, you're, you're learning and you're growing and you're having conversation. And that could be the starting point, right? Like, I don't understand the purpose of this. And then it's the growth that happens from there, though. It's talking to other people. It's talking to your pastor. It's talking to your your spouse. It's getting into the word, opening it up. What's it say? And then coming into an agreement with your spouse. I mean, we did a whole series on money and marriage where we, we, we talked about that because our money plays such a big role in our marriages, mm-hmm. right? And that giving aspect is one of those areas. Like if you're not, if you're not rolling out and doing your budget or your cash flow plan, then it's hard to sometimes tithe because you don't know where it's coming from or do you have money to tithe where now it's become so ingrained in what we do and what we believe because we want to reach a city and we want to impact people's lives. It's, it's just a a line item. It's just right there. So it's like, okay, there's our tithe. Great. If we want to give above and beyond, those are conversations that Elisa and I have to have together. Again, it's, it's a journey. And, and some couples and some people you may know are all in. Others may be, you know, tiptoeing in it. Some are, are not. You guys may be right in the middle. I, I don't know where you're at, but don't compare yourself and what you're doing to any other marriage. Look at yours. And I especially want to say, because we know that this sometimes happens when y'all listen to the show, is that you're not, you don't need to compare your marriage to where Tony and I are doing or where we are. Correct. At all. We've been on a 23 year journey and the life experiences is the life experiences that we have had have brought us to this place. You need to look at your own life experiences. You need to start having those tough conversations, right? Not, not the easy ones that just kind of avoid the truth. You need to, to look at these beliefs. What do the two of you hold and, and have those conversations so that you can come up with your spiritual intimacy plan, mm-hmm. right? This is, this is what our faith journey has looked like. And we want to equip you to explore your faith journey. Yeah. And as you go in this week and you're looking at your spiritual intimacy, you know, look at what you, what what your beliefs have been around prayer, serving, giving, tithing. That's it. Those three speak, speak about them, talk to them, journal them, 
and then share them with your spouse. That's the key. Like if we're going to have deeper spiritual intimacy, just like if we're going to have deeper financial or sexual intimacy, we have to have these conversations. So have one, put it up on the calendar, get 15, 20 minutes and begin to talk about it again. When we're dealing with emotional intimacy, remember, listen to understand, not to interrupt. Listen to understand your spouse and give each other that time to understand where you're coming from as you're walking out your faith. Up next week, we have part three of Walking Our Faith Acts of Love. We're excited to hear from you guys as you continue your walk of faith. And always, 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 you can let us know how it's going. 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Love you guys. Have a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.